Hi everyone, welcome to School of the Mighty. This is another week with lessons from the battlefield. So I'm Tori. I'm Ben. And today we're diving into the topic of Jesus. Obviously, Jesus is the central focal point of Christianity, but truly, as scripture says, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. It's interesting because I think when we talk about God, we can easily gloss over Jesus and anything and everything we do centers around him as he's like the linchpin of all creation. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we, we want to talk about um, Jesus connected to being a mighty man or woman in modern day society, because we are at a point in our world where we're looking for hope. We're looking for answers. People are in need. And Jesus, it's funny, we were looking at leaders for, you know, who, who, who can give me hope? Who, who can give me answers? And what's fascinating about Jesus is the fact that he was relevant when he came into the earth over 2000 years ago. He's relevant now because he's alive now, right within us. And I think what's um, fascinating about him is when he came, he broke so many barriers. We're going to talk about that today, but he's still doing that now. And as believers, as Christians, it's, it's our, not just a good idea. It's not just an opportunity. It's our mandate to follow mm -hmm. Jesus, the way, the truth and the life, uh, because that's really what the world needs. They need to see us exemplifying, not just believing in God and telling others about the gospel. We need to, Jesus is the, the central point of that gospel. So we're going to dive into that today. So first, um, we're going to just real quick touch on Jesus, who he was and, and where he came from. Yeah. So, I mean, we obviously we know that Jesus was a Jew, lived amongst Jews, was raised a Jew. And even though he was the son of God, the only begotten son of God, but with a Jew, human Jewish mother. Yeah. You know, he was raised by two Jewish parents and in a culture that was extremely steeped in tradition yeah. and religion. Yeah. Um, and when Jesus got older and went into his ministry, went into ministry, he, he collided with that tradition and religion a lot to the point where it was the, that was the, the, I mean, the result was obviously them killing him. Yeah. Um, but that was the mission all along, mm -hmm. but he knew when he showed up, that was going to be the outcome. Right. That they would violently defend their traditions, their religion, their social norms, their, um, what the stuff that they built around themselves that he didn't establish for them at all yeah that they built around themselves to like feel comfortable in their culture right and jesus like shows up on the scene um but uh, you know profoundly impacting that and 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 offending them to a high degree but really what confused him too is that he grew up amongst them so a lot of them knew him yeah or at least knew of him, you right. know, and uh, that scripture in John six, where they actually ask each other, like, isn't this Mary and Joseph's son? Like, yeah. isn't this the guy that was a carpenter's son that grew up and we watched him grow up? We know his brothers and sisters and his, you know, who the heck is this guy? Like he's talking to us like he's a foreigner. Right. But we've known him since he was little. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think that other thing too is because he came to, to bring people into that freedom as a, as, okay, I'm going to set people free from their sins and 
point them to my father so they could be in actual real intimate relationship with my father and everything he was doing was showing father's heart the way of heaven the way of the kingdom mm -hmm. um he didn't come with the intention of you know dividing people out of you know aggression in that yeah. sense or you know I've, I've come to cause all of these problems but mm. he knew he would and in scripture and i think it's in luke um 12 where it talks about you know i've come to set the world on fire and i wish it were already burning it's he, mm -hmm. he he knows that it's going to cause major upheaval and shifts culturally socially economically mm -hmm. and but then also be be the the exact thing every single person <laughs> has been yeah, longing I mean, for and looking for i mean i I, th I think we get the idea you and i talked about this earlier I think we we all get the idea that like he came with a specific mission to like offend, right? And it, not to say that he came for the sake of offense, but he came to like, you know, kind of like the way that the chosen depicts some scenes. Like I've come to mix stuff up, yeah. And I I don't know if he necessarily had that agenda. His agenda was to show us the Father, yeah. Period. Knowing that it would do that, yeah. And and the byproduct of just living from another kingdom. Would, you know what I mean, would be alien and foreign to everyone around him and therefore offend everyone. Right. I think that's, it was the byproduct of what he came to do. He didn't come to like how so many Christians who like to believe they're bold do so often now. It's like, I'm going to go pick fights with people right. on purpose because in Jesus' name. And it's right. like, that's what? That's not the heart of Jesus at all. Jesus came to love people, to love them in a relationship with the Father, to show them the goodness of God that yeah. leads them to repentance. And the byproduct of that was what Jesus said. It's like, what, now that I'm here, it's going to cause division. Right. You know what I mean? Sons will go against their fathers. Right. Mothers against their daughters. Like, it'll split households in half because people will either fall in love with me and fall in love with the Father and embrace what I'm offering, or they will be so offended. They'll, they'll be willing to kill me. Right. And you. Right. Because I know? think, you know, when you look at it, who he was and what happened, he came at a point in history when you know, those who were the religious minded and leaders had a heart to a zealousness about them to follow after God and to keep tradition and to prepare for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. But as humans, we do, and it's happening now again in different ways, right? As yeah. We hold on to the traditions and the ways of doing things and there's goodness in some of them. Yeah. But then it can blind us, which is exactly what happened. And he was saying, look, you know, this is not what it means to have a relationship with God. This is right. not what I'm about. I mean, what, how, the people, how, the, how the people of his era and his age, when he showed up in physical form, how they reacted to him was, it was like, let's put him in our box. Right. And when he wouldn't be put in the box, they didn't know what to do with him. Right. Now it was like, now we have to destroy him. We got to get rid of this guy. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is we still do that 2,000 years later. Oh, gosh, Christians yeah. who say that they love him and he is Lord, meaning we're supposed to be submitting to him in everything. We still do that. We've got paintings everywhere that date back 100 years of a white Jesus. Right. We've got paintings everywhere of a black Jesus. Right. We've got paintings of Latino Jesuses. It's yeah. like he was a Jew. <laughs> like we're, we're trying to make him... Us. Yeah. We're trying to put God in our image instead sure. of the other way around. It was like, yeah. now he's his own, he's his own personality. Yeah. He's his own being and he's the one that made us, not the other way around. Yeah. 
And it, you know what I mean? And we still do that in the name of Jesus. Like right. it's so bizarre yeah. how our, how our thinking is twisted. It's been twisted so much by that, but yeah. um, it's leaps and bounds what his upbringing and ethnicity were when he came to earth. Oh my goodness. I mean, Jesus transcends Judaism. He transcends all culture. He's God. Yeah. He just showed up in that nation, in that culture. Right. When he came in the flesh. Right. He could, you know, he could have come 2000 years later and shown up in Nebraska. Right. Or, you know what I mean, Stalingrad and Russia. Right. You know what I mean? He could have come wherever and whenever and he would have lived amongst those people. But it doesn't mean that God's a Jew. Right. It means that God is God. Yeah. And that's who he happened to be living amongst. And he didn't act like them. He didn't think like them. He just looked like them. Yeah. And they, and they didn't know what to do with that. It's like he's, he's, he's one of us. That's why that verse in John, in John 6 is there. They're trying to make him relatable. Yeah. Isn't he the kid that we saw growing up? And yeah. it's like, this guy is not like you. Yeah. And just and, because he grew up with, you know, the way he, you know, the physical features and even the traditions yeah. and the lifestyle of being Jewish, it was just, and that's, that's who we're supposed to be. That's why we look at him and it's, he infiltrated. Mm -hmm. And I think that it going into that, to the part of how he literally, what you were just saying, you know, he literally broke societal and cultural barrier barriers mm -hmm. on every level because when you look at that time in history um you know yes born in bethlehem but being from nazareth and in that time of that uh, the herodian kingdom of judea there's so many cultures that were intersecting at that time mm -hmm. and i think that's the point right um but how he not only broke uh ethnic and socioeconomic barriers he also broke age and gender barriers which yeah. is fascinating to me because mm -hmm. i think we look at the bible and it, like you were saying babe it's it's okay you have to fit into my box and my culture and my comfort level versus registering he's the god of all people all ages yeah men and women yeah um and when you look at if you just look at the bible and you just read the new testament and just look at the stories of and how he talks to people he doesn't label them by how much money they have their status their gender their, their gender, culture their race their culture he just does it based on if mm -hmm. they are uh they're a sinner and if they're in need of him or if they're supposed to be leading people and they're a religious leader and they're not. Mm -hmm. It's funny because they're it's funny because the authors of the gospels recording what he did and said will try to keep track of this. He went and talked to this woman. He went and talked right. to this Samaritan. They'll keep track of who they were. Yeah. But if you watch Jesus and listen to all the dialogue that's recorded there, what he actually said, he never singles anyone out for anything. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. He'll talk to a Jewish tax collector. The same way he'll talk to a Roman centurion, the same way he'll talk to a Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? An Ethiopian slave. It's like he'll—they're all the same, right. because to him, they're not only all kids of his father, yeah. and therefore his brothers and sisters. Right. The, he's the old eldest brother, the first born among many, right? But they're also all subjects of the same kingdom. Sure. Yeah. They're all part of one nation, right? Like Peter talks about later. In the in you know in in his letters where it's like you're a royal priesthood, you know a chosen nation, like it's you're all part of one tribe. This isn't you know blacks, whites, Latinos. To, like this is all that's that just happens to be the regions you live on Earth. Yeah, and the cultures you cultures you've adapted yourself to. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Right. And he's trying to show us in, in the in the in the gospel, like I came as your creator and lived amongst you, and still didn't have to be pulled into one people group, right? At, with the exclusion of everyone else. Yeah. You know, the original gospel at first, when he started preaching, he told the disciples, "Look, we're just going to preach to the Jews first. Because it wasn't because he was singling them out above everyone else. It was because this is where the story started. Yeah. It's got to start so with these bigger. people, and yeah. then it's going to expand to everyone. The term Gentile in the Bible referred to everyone on earth that wasn't a Jew. Right. So it was like, I, it will expand past them to the whole world. Yeah. It's just going to start local. Just start talking to these people that are standing right here. Right. Talk to these Jews first. And seriously, if you just you know? look at that, again, he's so relevant. Because if we take that as a model for today... Half the time we feel like, I don't get this person. They're nothing like me. Their upbringing is totally different. Their yeah. interests are different. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the point. That's why Paul wrote in Galatians that there's neither uh, Jew nor Gentile, slave or free. Right. Like everybody's the same. God isn't categorizing like mm-hmm. we're categorizing. We have a tendency to get sticker labels and put it on everybody. Yeah. And then when God shows up and removes the labels, we get offended. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We want to say that we're not bigot, bigots and racists and, and you know what I mean? And we all, and we don't have our judgmentalism and our criticisms and, but we all have it. Yeah. And when God shows up, it offends us. Sure. Because he doesn't have it at all. Sure. And Jesus did that. Yeah. You know, he, it, it's, there's something to be said about the fact that he, um, you know, we, we, I've heard preachers actually preach this where it's like God, had, Jesus had a special place in his heart for women. And it's like, okay, I can, and then they would list examples, you know, like his closeness with his mom, his closeness with Mary Magdalene, the women in his ministry with the disciples, the, um, you know, they'd go on and on laundry listing those things. And all that's true. But Jesus didn't come to make a point of, I'm going to highlight women. Right. He made a point to say, everyone's the same. I value each I value him equally. and her. I yes. value her and him. It's, it was all the same. And so when his, he came to tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the Messiah is walking amongst you, he would talk to a woman and have her have the responsibility of telling her whole town about it just as much as he would do a blind man. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this Samaritan woman at the well. He didn't do it because she was a woman. No. He did it because she's the same as everyone else. Yeah. And she's a heart looking for me. And that's it. It's and that heart. was it. It's yeah. the heart. It's that, it's that when he does encounter, for example, that one story where you're just talking about referring to the woman at the well. And he was, he talks about, you know, worship's going to look different. It's not going to be on a mountaintop. It's going to be in spirit and in truth. And so it's that those who seek me will find me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And I think that's why when we, if you've ever been to another country or if you've ever encountered or become friends with, with someone who's completely different from you, from an, the opposite side of the world, and they call themselves, I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in Jesus. But the way in which they do that, there's going to be things that offend you because it's not how you were raised. Mm-hmm. It's not what you were taught. There's going to be, and it's, that's when it's an invitation, an opportunity to say, oh gosh, is this the, for those of you listening, likely you're probably from the United States. And is, is that a, uh, you know, a Caucasian American <laughs> mindset that mm-hmm. I have about you, God, or is that, is this truly of you? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the let's, so let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about why, why, why did Jesus do that? It's because his motivator was simply one thing. It was love. For God so loved the world. There's his whole, that's the entire motivation. All of it. Of why Jesus came, of why God made man, of why there was the cross, of, why, of everything. I love you. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love you. 
So what does that look like? What, love without agenda? I don't think most of us know because I think we all love with agenda. Yeah. To some degree. There's a level. There's to some a, degree, yeah, we all there's do. There's a condition. That's why we get offended when love isn't returned. Right. Because we expect it to be. Yeah. God wants it to be, but knows our heart and knows that a lot of the time we won't We can't. It. We, we won't, won't love him back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and came and died anyway. That's, that's love without agenda. That's, yeah. that's like, I'm going to do this for you because I love you that much. I'm going to come. I'm going to send my only begotten son. I'm going to come and live amongst you in the flesh yeah. and die for you. And most of you won't even believe I exist. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Let alone that I even did this for you and that you even should care. And, right. and that's, that to me is mind blowing. Yeah. That's a love that I can't comprehend. Right. And that's the motivator behind his boldness. Yeah. When you love like that, you're not afraid of anything. No. That's why the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. Because that's, that's the, you want to see what perfect love looks like? Read the Gospels. Mm -hmm. That's where his fearlessness came from. It was like, I'm going to intermix be, amongst these people and I'm going to show them unconditional love. I'm going to show them the love of the Father. Why would I be afraid? Right. You know what I mean? It, and that's why his focus was, you know, three things. The new, this commandment I give to you that you love one another. Right? He tells them that. Then he asks them, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. And the second one is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then when he ascends after his crucifixion and resurrection, then he gives the Great Commission. And see, what we've done in the, in the church is we put the Great Commission above, above the commandments. He highlighted, this is the most important stuff. Yeah. Love God, love people. Yeah. Then go out and make disciples. Tell them how much I love them by showing them how much I love them. Yeah. We've flip-flopped it. Yeah. Now it's try to get church participants. Yeah. And maybe too. they'll experience the love of God once they show up. Right. And participate in. In what we're doing. What we're doing. Again, it's back to the Jews. It's the yeah. same model. Right. You, if you're living amongst us, you need to be like us. Right. And then we'll accept you. Jesus was flip-flopped. I'll accept you, and you'll, you'll believe and belong. I mean, you'll belong right away, but you'll believe eventually. Yeah. That's why he doesn't even ask disciples. I mean, the typical church right away, when you want to be a member, they ask you what you believe, and they make you, some of them make you go through classes and everything. Or before you can be in leadership, before you can even Before you can even be a member, yeah. let alone leadership. Yeah, let alone. Jesus did the opposite. Jesus went and just picked disciples, then asked them halfway through. Who do you guys think I am? Yeah. Usually they, churches yeah. lead off with that. <laughs> like, yeah. He didn't do that. He did it reverse. Yeah. They belonged before they ever believed. Right. And and we need to we need to have that mindset. It's like Christ, Christians have a tendency to categorize everybody as saved or unsaved. Right. As God, as we're all in process and we're all God's kids. Right. As spiritual or unspiritual, as you know what I mean, Christian or secular. Yeah. It's a secular mu it's secular music. It's this yeah. is a Christian show. That one's not. Right. It's like, okay, well, we get that. But at the same time, we get the differentiation there. But at the same time, on a, on a subconscious level, it makes us, it makes it us and them. Right. All the time. It's, it, what's also crazy about that, too, and something that, again, this is when we look at Jesus and how he did this and we're, we get to model it after him is, I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation to where you've talked to someone and you're, you think they're not a Christian, so I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to relate yeah, to them. Right. What do you mean? For, forgetting that we were at one point not Christians too. Yeah. It's like really? They're a human being. They have interests. They have pains. They have mm -hmm. passions. It's You connect there. I mean, I hate to say this. I'm not just 
just be blunt with this, but I, I've had more meaningful conversations in the last 15 years with people who don't know Jesus right. yet that cuss like sailors who, that, you know, that showed more grace and more patience and more understanding yeah. than anybody I met at church. Right. And that's, that's sad, man. And then we wonder why people aren't getting saved and why the, the nation, let alone the world, doesn't take yeah. the church seriously. And it's like, well, because we don't love them like Jesus loves yeah. them. They see what they, the, the, the quote unquote Jesus they see in us is somebody who judges yeah. and divides, separates us yeah. and them, doesn't accept them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus never accepted sin. He just loved them through it. Yeah. And that's that's where he the line is, that's where the way. line is blurred. Yeah. That's why wokeness and all this stuff has exploded on the scene in the world now, especially in our nation, because we've blurred the line between loving unconditionally and accepting sin yeah. unconditionally. Right. It's that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but I'm gonna love you anyway. Yeah. That's that's the stand we need to be taking. Right. Not I'm gonna show up at these rallies and support them because I love them. Jesus would have never shown up at a rally and cheered on sin. Right. He would have just loved the people. Yeah. You see what I mean? That's that's the difference. And right. We blur that line between that. Yeah. We think that's being mighty for the Lord. Right. I'm going to go out and be radical. I'm going to show up at a gay pride thing and I'm going to cheer them on. Right. And it's like, wait, what? That's, that's not, not that's not what G, that's not the same. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, or we think that that fighting for the Lord and fighting for his kingdom and being a mighty man or woman is being an activist against the government when it's corrupt. And it's like, look, I think we forget that Jesus showed up in one of the most corrupt governments in history. The Roman Empire was horrible, Mor- morally, uh, governmentally. All of it, yeah. And Jesus didn't preach one sermon about it. It was like <laughs> all he was there to do was tell them about the kingdom and love, and this is what the Father's like. He didn't stand there for an hour and preach about the corruption of Rome. Of Rome. Mm-hmm. The minute John did it, they arrested him and executed him. And it wasn't that Jesus avoided it because of that. But it was that wasn't the mission, right? Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think we lose. My point is, I guess we think we lose focus. You know, it, if David was if David was a shadow of Jesus in the Old Testament, and the mighty men were mighty warriors that followed their king unconditionally, and we're wanting to live the same way now, following yeah. the King of Kings unconditionally, we have to look at how he lives, how he talks, Absolutely. how he views people, and then do the same. Yeah. Not put him in our box. No, and also, too, kind of one thing as you were talking through that it made me think of, you know, church culture. I was raised in that, Mm -hmm. and there were so many beautiful things about it. Sure. We're not saying there's not, but there's so many things, too, that made me feel like I had to perform to get God's love, and it was all Mm punishment-based. And it wasn't until recently, these past few years, in the last community that I was a part of where I was really shown that you can reach out for help before you make the wrong decision and we'll, we'll help you in the process. Yeah. It was about honor. It's about being in, in process with you. It's about calling you higher and reminding you of the person that God made you to be, regardless of if you're in a bad mood or something terrible happens to you and you're allowed to be truly upset and in those moments, mm-hmm. um, but there's just a better op- option. And that's God on, you know, that's what I learned about him is, oh, he, he's always saying, you sure you can choose that and I'm going to love you and forgive you, but this isn't who I made you to be. You're better mm-hmm. than that. Basically. I mean, Revelation, the book of Revelation has, you know, these uh, series of letters that the Apostle John wrote to different churches, right? And there's been countless theologians and, and pastors that have preached on the fact that that, the entire book of Revelation is 
prophetic, obviously, and that and that those letters are prophetic for different different variations of the church global yeah. in their relationship with God. Right. And there's one letter in particular where Jesus is replying to the letter and says, "You've lost your first love." Yeah. You've lost your first love. Come back to the. You're doing a lot of great things, but you've lost your, this one thing I hold against you. You've lost your first love. Yeah. And I think that's where the church is now. Yeah. I think we're doing great things. I think, I think there's a lot, there's so many believers out there in church at local churches that love Jesus, that love people, um, that are doing the best they know how to do. Yeah, of course. Um, but I also think that as a church globally, I think we're so, we're so focused on ministry and so focused on trying to be activists like the rest of the world is mm -hmm. that we've forgotten just how much Jesus loves us yeah. and how much and we need to love that. and how much we need to love him back. Yeah. And then how much we need to show others his love for them. Yeah. I think we've lost that. And, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, and if, if we would just come back to that simple thing, Christ and him crucified, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I seriously. think I think everything would shift, not just within the church, but globally. Right. Certainly within the nation, because we're you know we've talked about this before, but we're in a season of Christian celebrities now mm -hmm. that preach. Some of them preach incredibly deep teachings and sermons. There's no doubt about that, and some of them are right on point. But then there's quite a few of them that haven't preached Jesus in years. Mm -hmm. And they can't have the gospel you, without. There's Jesus. no Christianity without Christ. It's like we're, we. It's so. It seems so ridiculous that we have to say that. That we have yeah. to even say that. But um, just like the mighty men in David's day, you could have no mighty men without David. Yeah. If there was no King David, there was no mighty men. Those guys would have never existed without him. Right. Right. Never existed in in, in the way that we know them without him. And it's the same with us. It's almost like the church has forgotten that the he, that the church the church has for, almost forgotten that we belong to Jesus. That and we're, he's a person. We're the bride. Yes. You know what I mean? We're not solo artists. We're part of a union. Yeah. With the Lord. I mean, yeah. it's like you know. I think we forget that a lot, and it's a it's the church has become very Martha, right? In the Mary and Martha story, it's, we're so busy doing with him. He happens to be in the house, and we're doing for him. Right. As opposed to, I'm going to sit at his feet and just forget duty. Right. And just adore him like right. Mary did, you know. And um, out of that, the doing comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. You serve as a byproduct of love. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's in love knows that. Not we don't serve to I'm going to pick love. up after somebody yeah. without even thinking about it when I'm in love with them. Right. Like, it's like you don't even think about that. Versus serving to get their love. Yeah. Yeah. Versus yeah. serving to get it. Exactly. To serving to get approval. As opposed to serving from approval, right? You know, it's yeah. it's totally different. Jesus Jesus didn't mix words. I mean, in, in John, he says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." So it's like there's no no one that can reach the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. And he also says in other parts of the gospel, there's going to be a lot of people that'll do a lot of stuff in my name, and I'm going to tell them, "I I never knew you." Yeah. And that that to me is like one of the. It's not even a scary verse. That to me is just sad. Yeah. Because I know I've, I've lived my life at some point where I could have easily been that person. Yeah, I that know I, I was that person. That if I would have gone to meet, no, I'm saying if I would have gone to meet the Lord then, yeah, I certainly would have been like, but Lord, look at all the stuff I did. And, yeah, that's and me I never, too. And I didn't know him. Same. I, yeah, I didn't know what yeah. intimacy with him was. And, no. You know, and 
religion teaches you how to do things. It's a formula. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm really good at, do, at doing ministry. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but being in relationship with him is a totally different thing. Right. And um, my point is that he's, there's a relevance to him today that hasn't diminished at all in the last 2,000 plus years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like this world needs his creator so bad and its savior so bad. And we just drift from him in understanding his heart for us and what he intended for us. We have a tendency to rebel thinking we know what's best. Mm -hmm. And in reality, your creator has the best interest at heart for you. And we fight that because we think it can't possibly be as good as what we want our lives to be. Right. <laughs> right. Know? I think that that's the thing that's kind of the point of today is Jesus is, is relevant today. Those of us who, you know, if you crave adventure, if you crave joy, if you crave passion, if you crave love, if you crave hope, like all of the, all of the answers that we're looking for, all of mm -hmm. the desires that we have, male and female, and no matter where you live, no matter what you do, Jesus is, it's crazy, but he is the answer for every, everything, everything, everything. Um, and that's really the point of this podcast today. For those yeah. of you listening, we just want to encourage you to press in in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Not, not this, this podcast isn't even about being mighty. Pressing in intimacy with Jesus will make you mighty as a byproduct. Right. It does. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to show effort in that area. He'll do that for you and empower you in a way you couldn't even imagine. And you'll probably live that way and you won't even realize you're doing it. Right. When you're completely smitten by him. Right. You know, yeah. and that's what we are encouraging you to do is to press in and fall in love with him all over again. For those of you who've been raised in church all your life and you're just numb yeah. to the gospel message, you're just numb to John 3.16. You're just numb to Jesus and him crucified. Yeah. We, we, we want to encourage you. To, to ask Holy Spirit to renew that message in your heart as if you've never heard it before. Yeah. Um, pray, pray to the Holy Spirit like David prayed, like restore to me the joy of your salvation Yeah. and, and renew a right spirit within in me. Let that thrill me again Yeah. and fall in love with you all over again. Yeah. We want to encourage you in the fact that you have, we want you to know that you have permission to find Jesus and to encounter Jesus and to seek after him without having to do it with a formula, having to do it in a certain way, mm -hmm. right? I, like go to the word to find Jesus, not I've got to sit here and read 20 minutes of this particular chapter and verse. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's Jesus is think of it this way. He's in everything and he can meet you in everything. Yeah. And so if that is Jesus, you know, it can feel unnerving, but it's, you know, teach me what Holy Spirit, show me what Jesus is like. Mm -hmm. Walk me into that relationship with him. And it's, it is the most exhilarating and freeing thing when we realize that we can actually be in relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And that's why we hope it excites you and ignites you into that depth of intimacy with him yeah. and that. You know, because we'll just say this before we go is we've both been in those places to where we've been tired of religion or tradition or things and been cynical and bitter or offended even. Mm -hmm. um, but realizing that, you know, we get to let those things go. And uh, because of who Jesus is, it, it peels back the layers of all of those things. Totally. And that's what we're all looking for is yeah. him. Yeah. It isn't about doing. It's about being. Yeah. And 
in David's day, <laughs> I encourage you to go look for this because this is really, I thought this was fascinating, but especially in First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings when it's recording all the kings of Israel and Judea or Judah, um, it, um, it'll list off like so-and-so was king, so-and-so was high priest, so-and-so was general of the armies. It'll list off people's names and their jobs. And every time it'll list off, and then so-and-so was the king's friend. It was, a, it was his duty, mm. his full-time job to be a friend of the king. That's interesting. So it wasn't even about doing, it was just about being. Who's, who's the king's closest friend? Okay, that's your job is to just be his friend. Yeah. There's a reason that's in there. Yeah. I think we pass over that. You know what I mean? That's one of the highest, that was one of the highest ranking jobs you could have in the kingdom right. of Israel at the time was to be the friend of the king. That was your job. Was just be his friend. Just be his friend. Like and and the reason that, that God has put that in there more than once is that it, it is is that the the nature of the government of the kingdom of heaven is still exactly the same. And our job is to be his friend. Yeah. The byproduct stuff of ministry and stuff that just comes. Yeah. The more that you love him. Yeah. The more that you fall in love with them. Right. And, and a lot of the time, the battle belongs to him anyway. Every time you try to think of what you could do, he'll do it for you because he loves you that much. Mm-hmm. So we, we just want to encourage you to, to be the king's friend. Yeah. To, to seek that out, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, we, we really want to encourage you to check out the reflection questions, like always, because they're, pro- they're provided there just to provoke deeper digging into your own heart and your own head in partnership with the Holy Spirit and just kind of uncover things, reveal things, get you to ask questions about yourself and about the Lord that maybe you've never taken the time to do before Mm -hmm. kind of deepen relationship there with him and get you excited about following the Lord and, and be excited about living in this age. This is an age that Jesus prophesied to to the disciples that would come. This is that you are a a person that's living in, in the era, in the generation that God promised Abraham. Right. You're one of the multitudes that was promised to Abraham Abraham in the last days. I mean, it's it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. It's not a depressing time. It yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so we just encourage you, and we're praying for all of you out there, and we really want to hear more from you. So yeah. please, please engage us. Ask us questions. Tell us your story. We really want to hear it. We want to know more about what God's doing in your life and in your journey. And um, Until next time. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. All right, bye.